0: Listen to the deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for pay for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast, another one in our transfer series. And this is one that I know some people are going to poo-poo straight away, straight off the bat. And that's OK, too, because everybody's allowed to have an opinion. Um, I'm not here to tell you that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is going to come in and revolutionize Aston Villa. But what I am going to tell you is I'm going to take a look at him from an objective standpoint and see if there's anything that he could offer based on the right price. And from what his, what statistically he's done, um Over the last 365 days at Liverpool. So yes, Alex Oxley-Chamberlain is somebody that we are going to be talking about today. Aston Villa are in the market for at least one more midfielder. I think potentially we could even see two more midfielders. Tim Eric Brunham looks like he's going to be going on loan to QPR. And I think Aston Villa are going to still, I think there was chairs that needed to be filled regardless of whether Tim went on loan um but i think that uh villa are definitely going to ha- going to want to have to, to to bulk up that midfield area and um, considering we played a, a, a lot of different players in their last season but still it was the it was the main three players that we rotated in amongst the number 8 positions so Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is somebody that has been linked to us, been linked throughout the course since the end of the season, really. He's been somebody that keeps on popping up as a potential link. Uh, too many people to, to mention have linked him in tentative um, circumstances toward Aston Villa. He's as low as 7-2 uh, to two with the bookmakers to become an Aston Villa player by the end of the season, 4-1 to one to become a Manchester United player and 4-1 to one become a West Ham United player. Um, by the end of this by the end of the transfer transfer market, should I say. So I think it's worth talking about him. Personally, do I think he's gonna sign? I I'm not sure. I'm not sure he is going to sign, but I think that as targets like Basuma get snapped up by other teams, if Villa don't get those guys, I think he's probably on a list somewhere. But I don't think he's number one on the list for Steven Gerrard, if that makes sense. But I think as that list begins to dry up, I think he could become more and more into uh, uh, could could become more and more into the face for for Aston Villa for a potential purchase so as you all as everybody knows you know and and people will be very familiar with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain 35 caps for England seven goals Um, signed started his career with Southampton played the majority of his career with uh with Arsenal and then has played five years with Liverpool and has had some injury woes and injury troubles um and that is something that I suppose is going to um is going to how am I gonna frame this conversation? Because Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, I don't think he's his talent is in doubt at all. It's it's can he overcome those injuries and can he can he get the better of them? Can he become the player that he was prior to those injuries and we've seen it in fits and starts because in the 2019-2020 season Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was absolutely phenomenal for for uh, for Liverpool when you look at the way that he played in that season he started 30 games scored four goals uh, had two had um or scored four goals in the league He um, overall, he scored eight goals that season, scoring, scoring uh, or playing 43 games. So when he plays and when he plays regularly, he could be quite productive. Even last season um, within the league, he played 17 games. Overall, he played 29 games, scoring three goals. So there is still a big sample set for somebody like Oxlade-Chamberlain when we are looking, looking at his uh, at his potential and what he might bring in, because he's only 28 years of age. He isn't going to be. Uh, 29 for some period of time yet, you know he's not 29 until August. So the season will most likely st- will start and he won't even be 29 years of age. That blows my mind how young he is. And and yes, he has had some injuries, but the position he plays, um, specifically now that he's moved off that wing and into that into a more central role. Um, I think that there is more tread on the tires for him from that point of view, but as I say, it would be remiss not to talk about the injuries. He had a knee injury in 2020-2021, which kept him out for 113 days. He did do his cruciate ligament back in 2018, which kept him out for over a year. He's missed 43 games, and since that, he's had some niggles with hamstring injuries and, and, and stuff like that. He had one hamstring injury, should I say, in 2019, which had him out for 34 days. So, when you look at Alex oxlade Chamberlain, I think that we're probably in a better position that we would be in a better position to purchase him now as opposed to maybe purchase him a year ago. And and bear with me on this one, because it's like he looks like a player who's done his rehabilitation from from certain injuries, from the hamstring injuries, from the little knock-on effects that he's had after doing cruciate ligament injuries. And and I think that's important because now that he's moved back into the center again, as I said, he's not going to be relying on his latent pace. So it's not like when when maybe Mike Lohan started getting his hamstring injuries and then he just fell off a cliff from an injury point of view. And um, There is a train of thought that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has moved positions to try and preserve his body. And that's okay too because we're going to be looking at him as a number eight. And if he was to come into Aston Villa, um, maybe he wouldn't be a starter every day of the week, but he would be somebody that would be able to come off the bench. He would be somebody that would be able to pop in and play games at number eight position. And when we look at his statistics, he's not that bad a player at all to have to come in there to move that ball to get that get that passing uh, motion up up again, and also he contributes within the defensive phase as well. So. While, I'm, while we are talking about Oxlade-Chamberlain, my caveat for him is that, yes, I don't want him to be our number one target that we would go for in central in central midfield. I think that's obvious to everyone. But as an option, as a chess piece to come in, say we could sign him for 10 million, 9 million, something in and around that that price bracket. And I think Liverpool will be open to selling him this, this off-season. And I don't think that they would look to look to have the bank broken to, to to sign him but i think as a 10 million player he could be a real nice little cog in the wheel for aston villa and um, albeit i think that there are better options out there that out there than him so there's my caveat before we start looking at some statistics to do with uh adix oxlade chamberlain so here we are we have Alex oxlade chamberlain as i say transfer market have him at 14.4 million a predicted transfer um, I think that's probably slightly high based on his injury record, but Klopp likes him and he has been used quite a lot this season. As I say, twenty-nine appearances um, this season just gone. He scored two goals and he had two assists. And based on his ninety-minute production levels, that puts him um, based on yeah, based on ninety. So twenty-nine appearances sounds like an awful lot, but he really had just shy of a thousand minutes on the field for Liverpool this season. So he was used to coming off the bench. He was used to. Um, I think he's he started only a handful of games. I don't have the number in front of me, but this is another reason why um I I think that it would be favorable for somebody to ask, for Aston Villa to look at him if the price was right, if it was in around the 10 million mark. and um, because he is productive when he does come off the bench and he is productive when he plays. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about that obviously he I, I don't I wouldn't want him to be the only number eight to come into, come into this team. I think that we would want him along with somebody else and build a stable of number eights. Like, as we say, if he was to come in with a Conor Gallagher in there, two different types of players. But Conor Gallagher could come in and could be that like-for-like like player that could replace a Jacob Ramsey or replace a John McGinn And wouldn't mean that we would have to change our tactics, but would still allow us to press on with our tactics during the course of a game. And Oxley chamberlain could be somebody who could start start in that position or maybe push him forward into the central attacking midfielder position and utilize his passing ability there uh, as well. So let's look at some of his statistics there. From a defensive point of view, I was actually really impressed with the amount of tackles that he has. Um, he's also, his pressure rate uh, is 18 pressures per game as well, his pressure success rate is very, very high, so um, you know, pressure rate comes in middle of the pack. Pressure success rate is he's winning at a higher clip than everybody else. Uh, fouls committed doesn't commit an awful lot of fouls, so those pressures are good. And I think those pressures are you can see that in games that he plays. Obviously, Klopp likes to play that that high press or likes to press everywhere within the field and 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 having somebody like Oxide Chamberlain they can they can put pressure on players through the, throughout the course of the uh, whether it be in the attacking third or the, or the middle third. And then obviously as we can see his possession stats, with his carrying ability and his passing stats which are pretty decent as well I think that that will be favorable for Aston Villa and we're not saying that we go in we spend 25 30 million and this guy and he comes in and he starts 30 games a season or 40 games a season for us including cup games or whatever because I think that's naive to think but when you're talking about a cog in the wheel and um, for the for the right price and I mean like for the right price for Aston Villa I think Alex Oxide chamberlain is, is is somebody that still has a, a lot to offer um, albeit that it would be a sparing lot to offer, provided that uh he has rehabilitated from his injuries. And when we look at his passing stats here, yes, his passing attempts come in at 47. They're not, it's not a massive amount, it's actually in and around the same amount as Douglas Luiz currently, who is by far and away our most, our, uh, most active passer who passes the most. He's our pivot player throughout the course of the season. I think that's definitely going to change to Boubacar Camaro over the coming, uh, over the next season. And um, we look there, these progressive passes are quite high 5.14. That will put it, that puts him above John McGinn. That would immediately make him the most progressive passer on our team, which I think is something we need to do specifically from the number eight position. If we're going to have that metronome in Bubakar Kamara, if we're going to have somebody like Jacob Ramsey who can carry the ball, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain comes in and allows you to carry the ball as well. But he's also adept at picking that forward pass. And we can see that here because his shot-creating actions and his goal-creating actions are actually quite high as well. So he's really creative, and he's creative from that number eight position, specifically for Liverpool over the last uh, over the last 365 days. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. His possession stats here as well. Once again, a ball carrier, he's got a high dribble completion rate. He's a high dribble success rate and his carries into the attacking third means that he put, he, he brings that ball forward and he brings it with him. You can see there he's in the top 1% of number eight, uh, central midfielders in all of Europe for carries into the attacking third. And I think once again, we've spoken about it before. Um, you know, Aston Villa need another ball carrier because the only ball carrier we have in the whole team at the moment is Jacob Ramsey, and to have another ball carrier like an Axel Chamberlain, um, or um, to a lesser degree, Connor Gallagher was a ball carrier too. Um, I think that that becomes uh, that immediately opens up what our midfield can do, allows Coutinho and Buendia not to be receiving the ball with their back to goal or receiving their ball that far off from goal. If you've got someone carrying the ball, running at defenses, these guys can slip into half spaces. They can start. They can start running off the shoulders of players and it immediately makes us a, diff- a more difficult team to defend against. You can see here his progressive carries have him right up there as well. So if he's not just carrying the ball in- into the attacking third, he's also carrying it around the field as well and he's carrying it forward. So he's driving that team forward and we know how we played when we had somebody who could drive the ball forward a small bit when they were playing you know, with the ball at their feet, should I say, and uh, Alex, Alex Chamberlain could come in and maybe do that from the right-hand side just like Jacob Ramsey does it from the left-hand side. So all that withstanding, obviously, and we did. I did have a big preamble at the start with regards to injuries and with regards to what Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is, what he does, and and maybe he's been rehabilitated at Liverpool. And if we were to swoop now, and if the price was right, I think he could be a nice cog within that midfield area for Aston Villa, specifically covering the right hand side of that midfield tree that Steven Gerrard likes to play. So some of his strengths, as I've seen there, he's very much an attacking-minded attacking, attacking minded player, specifically from that deeper position, that deeper number eight position. He's got a really high and a really good pressure rate, pressure success rate, and his shot creation is something that is sparking my interest here as well because um, Coutinho and Buendia will be, well, specifically Coutinho, he, he will have freedom next season especially if we're playing two tens to take a lot more shots because he had prior to coming to Aston Villa one of the better shot conversion rates from outside the box so I think that that is something that if we can progress the ball forward get the ball to him in more advantageous positions as opposed to giving it to him with his back to goal and almost playing that hold up player which is absolutely useless in my point in my eyes and then we can um we can utilise him. But if he's the only outlet of attack, that if Jacob Ramsey isn't carrying the ball forward, and it has to go to his feet. That swarm mentality from defences, which we have seen, um, Happen to to Philippe Coutinho in the latter half of the season. We need to negate that, and the best way to do it is to have have people who can carry the ball or who can progress the ball the ball forward from multiple positions, as opposed to just having him as the focal point. There, the obvious weaknesses with Alex Ox, Oxley Chamberlain are, are nobody has any metric or nobody has that magic magic eight ball to predict whether those injuries, those tweaks, those hamstring pieces those cruciates it what the long-term effects are on those and if they do come back so that's why this would be very much price dependent for me and lastly as well his workload um i have it in here as a weakness and i suppose really if i was to think twice about it again for where i would envisage him playing okay right if he's going to be a starter week in week out i think his workload is is fine but I do, I just don't think that and I have these weaknesses in here but I don't think he gets that workload that we can see that he has here at Aston Villa if he does join and plays in our midfield and what when I specifically the possession and the passing workload but what I would look at there is that if he doesn't get that that workload um does he do does he need to increase his interception rate over the course of the season so if he's got to be more of a defensive uh mindset and 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 we're breaking more on on, on the counter attack I think it would be an interesting study for him and I'd like to see him in a team like that. But uh, based on how our midfield, I have no idea how our midfield is going to set up next season. And I think we should all wipe the slate clean with regards to what we think the midfield is going to set up because we've got a new coach in Critchley and also we're going to have um, a full off season to implement what Steven Gerrard wants because I certainly don't think the midfield was what Steven Gerrard wanted. And it's very difficult to implement that on the fly throughout the course of the season. So that is something to, to, uh, to bear in mind. Let's look at Alex Oxley chamberlain in relation to some of the incumbents that we have here. With regards to defensive statistics, uh, Alex Oxley chamberlain trumps Douglas-Louise in some of those areas in actually four out of those five areas with interceptions being the only area where Douglas-Louise actually gets the better of Oxlade-Chamberlain. And then interestingly, in the passing stats uh, statistics, uh, point, from a passing stats statistics point of view, should I say, Douglas-Louise trumps uh, Oxlade Chamberlain from an attempts and a pass completion point of view. Now it's not by a massive amount, but still it's enough to affect the game. There's a, there's a four ish percent delta there in his pass completion rate, and I think that that's something that Oxlade Chamberlain would have to do with Aston Villa. He would have to be pinpoint with his passes and. Um, I think I think that that's something that we would um, he would have to have to excel in. You know, if he was to come into this midfield uh, position. Saying that Douglas Louise might have a better pass completion rate, but Oxlade Chamberlain gets those passes that he does complete further forward up the field. So that and and that's um, he, sorry he gets more of those passes up the field. Should I say and and that to me is really interesting and that's what I kind of want to see. I want to see us moving forward with the ball as opposed to. As as opposed to kind of almost being too lethargic in our build up, because I think our, our lethargy in our build up over the course of the, specifically the, the middle part of the season, I think that really killed us against teams that we should have been we should have been beating. And um, possession stats with regards the to touches, dribbles completed, successful dribbles, carries into the attacking third, progressing the ball forward with the ball at your feet. Alex Oxley Chamberlain blows Douglas Louise out of the water from that point of view. Obviously, Douglas Luiz playing in the more withdrawn six role uh, is is kind of maybe a potentially reason for that. But let's look at how Oxlade-Chamberlain performs with regards to John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey coming up as well. So with regards to John McGinn, we're going to start off with the possession stats. Uh, John McGinn did carry the ball a small bit for Aston Villa this season. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain absolutely beats him in, in... in all those metrics with regards to the amount of touches he has per game, the amount of dribbles completed, successful dribbles, carries into the attacking third, progressive carries. It's it's a non-contest in that point of view a much elevated level with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain last season. And now, granted, he's playing in a better team that offers him a small bit more protection, 100%. But I think that this is something that, when you go back historically throughout Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's career, his possession statistics, from the point of view of carrying and progressing the ball forward, have always been high. So I don't think that this is a statistical outlier based on the team that he's playing for. It was the same with Arsenal. It was the same with Liverpool um, in, in years gone by as well when he did play a, a greater amount of games. Moving up towards the passing stats here, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain passes the ball more, and he completes more passes than John McGinn with a better pass progression rate as well. So um, he's, he's winning out in the passing stats as well based on last season. And then going towards the defensive statistics, he wins out in three areas, which, which are namely pressure rate and pressure success rate, and he commits less fouls than John McGinn. But John McGinn does intercept the ball more and does have more tackles throughout the course of a game than oxlade Chamberlain, so they're actually a nice yin and yang when you look at what they can do together, and uh, they're an interesting study to see uh, see both of them side by side. Obviously, uh, John McGinn has uh, qu- quite a, a larger number of minutes behind him than oxlade Chamberlain does over the course of the season, but still, these are uh, these, these. There's a reason I picked statistics here. Uh, if I picked this, or I use statistics, shall I say, that are per 90 minutes. So it gives an average and an aggregate score out throughout the course of the season. So that makes it a small bit fair when we're looking at players side by side. And lastly, Jacob Ramsey, when we take a look at this here, um Jacob Ramsey wins out in the defensive stakes. He has more tackles and he's more pressures than um than Oxlade Chamberlain. Uh, he also has more interceptions than Oxlade Chamberlain. So from a defensive point of view, Jacob Ramsey affects the game more in that in that um, area of the field. But from a passing statistic point of view, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain comes really into his own. He has more attempts, he has more progressive passes, he's more progressive pass distance, greater amount of shotgun, shot creating actions and also carrying the ball forward. I mentioned that Jacob Ramsey is our main ball carrier and when we look down here towards the carries into the attacking third, Jacob Ramsey carries, uh, carries into the attacking third 2.19 times per, per game, which puts him in the top 10% of midfielders in Europe, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain carries it 3.4 times per game, which puts him in the top 1%. So it's those fine margins that, that separate the two of them. And I think that Jacob Ramsey is really on, the, on, a, on a good road here for for showing the type of uh, midfielder that he can be. And it gets me excited that if you've got two people who can carry the ball at that level, and um, specifically progressing a forward into the attacking third. You're going to win more free kicks. You're going to have teams turning around more. Running at teams like that gets people out of position way more than a long ball or a crossfield ball can. Sorry, it does it quicker than a crossfield ball or a long ball long ball can. So I want us to diversify our midfield from that point of view. So that's going to be Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Final thoughts on him here once again and I'm fully expecting some comments from people that would be disappointed that this that this person is linked. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has a skill set that is very good. He's a very he's, he's a good footballer, okay? I think that's, like, we have to park the injuries for a moment and talk ob- objectivity, ob- objectively with regards to what he can do on the field and he can do some really good things on the football field, specifically from a, an offensive point of view. But the injuries are the specter. They are the skeleton in his closet. And it's not something I can sit here. There's no statistic that you can pull that can tell you that he's fully fully recovered from injuries. There's no way a manager can stand up at a pulpit and say he's fully um, recovered from injuries. It's only time will tell us that. And based on that, for the right price, I do think that for the right price, and if he wasn't the only, only midfield reinforcement that was to come in between now and the start of the season, I think... Um, I think that he has a lot to offer, specifically, you know, maybe over 25 games in the season and having maybe somewhere close to 17,000 minutes or, or somewhere between 12 and 17,000 minutes over the course of the season. I think you could get that out of Axel Oxlade- chamberlain and uh, I think he could... uh he could be a bargain signing. But once again, as I say, if the price is right, then I think Gaston Villa should maybe have a sniff around it. If the price isn't right, absolutely stay well away because that specter of injuries is going to be something that's going to hang over him. Thanks again, everybody, for watching. I really appreciate it. I've had tons of videos out this week, and I hope you've appreci- uh, I hope you've enjoyed them all. <laughs> Not appreciate them all. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed them all, should I say, because I've enjoyed doing them. Please give this a thumbs up if you like it. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, um, we will be back in next week. We've got we've got some more things lined up um, over the course of next week. If anything breaks over the weekend, we will come back to you with it. But if anything doesn't break, might take the weekend off to rest, recharge, and recover. Uh, but next week is another week. I expect Villa to start getting more busy within the transfer market. I expect the links to get more concrete over the course of the next week and the week after as we start to do our business before our players get back into the building and specifically before we go. To Australia in July. So thanks ever so much, everybody, for watching once again. I really appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?